1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world. The world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God, does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, For God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know we abide in Him and He in us, because He hath given us His Spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We have come to know that we believe the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because 
He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. May the Lord add his blessing today to both the reading and the hearing of his written word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before You this morning, we thank You for the power of Your written Word. We thank You for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit indwelling Your people. Father, send forth Your Spirit to fill, forth, to fill up this sanctuary this morning with Your presence. May I be hidden behind You and that only Your Word comes forth to be proclaimed to Your people today. Lord, we ask that you would prepare the hearts of your people to receive your word. Strengthen them in faith that they may walk it out before all mankind for your glory and for your honor. We give this time over to you, Lord, and we thank you for your spirit. We pray it in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. The Apostle John, in writing this epistle is dealing with doctrines that are false that have been creeping into the church. Really, it was Gnosticism was coming into the church and having an effect on things. So, the Apostle John is saying, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Just because someone has been ordained as a pastor or someone comes in as a traveling evangelist and speaks a word or someone you're watching on TV is proclaiming what they call to be God's Word. He says, don't believe them, but test the Spirit. Don't believe them just because they profess to be believers in Christ. Don't believe them just because they have a certificate hanging on the wall that they completed seminary training. But test the Spirit and see if what they say lines up with the Word of God. The apostles taught the doctrines of Christ. And as the apostles begin to uh, die... Other false teachers were coming in behind and adding to and changing the doctrines of the church. And John was speaking to these things. He says, test the Spirit and see if they are from God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world and today they are filling the church. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. In the time when John wrote this, the Gnostic teachers were out there saying that Jesus either didn't come in flesh form or 
It was just the spirit of the Son of God came down on this fleshly body because the Gnostics believed that anything that was material was evil and only the spirit was anything that could be of any good value. But the apostles taught that Jesus was fully man and fully divine at the same time. He was the God-man. Jesus physically was able to eat, touch, proclaim the truth of God, and He physically died on the cross because man sinned in the garden and man's sin separated us from God. A man had to pay the price. There was no man that was able to pay the price because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So God had to send His own Son who was divinely perfect in every way. He said He was like us in every way. He was tempted like us in every way, yet was without sin. Amen. Why? Because He was fully divine and yet fully human. He came in human form so that you and I could identify with Him. And He could identify with us. He understands how we battle temptation. But He died on the cross that we might have our sins forgiven, but He arose from the grave so that you and I can have overcoming power. We do not have to be lorded over anymore by the power of sin and death, by the temptations that this world brings into our lives, but we have the power to overcome them because the fact the tomb is empty and that our Savior is alive and is seated at the right hand of God the Father and today He's making intercession for us. In the times when you and I are going through our weakness, when we are tempted to act out in the flesh in some way, Jesus is making intercession for us. And not only that, but He has given us the indwelling presence of the third person of the Trinity, His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit bears witness to to all the truth that is in Christ. And the Holy Spirit empowers us and teaches us and enables us to walk it out so that we don't have to be lorded over by sin any longer. But we have the power to be an overcomer in Christ. And the Apostle John wanted to make sure the church understood this. You don't have to walk in your sinful nature. That is what you inherited in your birth. But you are born again in Christ Jesus. And He has given you new life and you have become a new creation in Him and no longer do you have to be lorded over by your old nature. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. Even 2,000 years ago, Antichrist was doing his work. But there is another one coming. One who would deceive the whole world. And we need to be on guard for that. He goes on to say in verse 4, You are... 
from God, little children, and have overcome them. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Little children here represents those who have come to faith. Believers. Those that are no longer just babes in Christ, but those who are walking in some level of maturity. Not that they become the level of maturity of what John speaks of as the fathers in his earlier passages here. But he's speaking of those who are making progress in their faith walk. You're not easily deceived any longer because the Spirit is bearing witness to truth in your life. You have a connection with the abiding Holy Spirit that is indwelling in you. And it says, you have overcome all the false teachings out there. Why? Because the Spirit who lives in you is giving a check in your spirit over that. You say, I, you know, I don't just buy that right now. I'm going to check that out and you're going to get in the Word and you're going to check it out. And when something lines up, the teaching that lines up with God's Word, the Spirit inside you jumps up and down and says, Amen. It says, Praise God. That is truth. But a teaching that does not line up with the Word of God, does not line up with the heart of God, the Spirit lets you know that as well. But for those of you who are holding the Holy Spirit off at arm's length, you're not walking in that. And there is confusion in your mind. And you don't have that assurance in you. But God has given us the ability to walk in that assurance and to walk in that knowledge. Don't hold the third person of the, whole, uh, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, off at arm's length. Embrace Him. You have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The one who is in us is the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. He bears witness to Jesus in everything. Jesus came to bear witness to the Father and, and the Holy Spirit comes to bear witness to the truth of Jesus. That He is the Savior of the world and that He is the Lord who sits at the right hand of the Father and is making intercession for you. You don't have to walk this out on your own stumbling as one who walks in darkness. But light has been given to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you can clearly see how to walk your life out in Him. Speaking in verse 5 about those who are speaking from the mindset of the Antichrist, they are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world. And the world listens to them because it tickles their ears. It satisfies their flesh. One of the things the uh, uh, some of these false teachers said... Look, you can still live in immorality because what you do in the flesh has nothing to do with your spirit. That is false doctrine, false teaching. But of course your flesh liked that idea. I mean, I can keep out going out there and doing all the things I used to do and still be saved. False teaching. 
You are a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You have a new way of thinking when you are regenerated by the Spirit of God. Verse 6 says, We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. John says, You will listen to the sound teachings of the apostles if you know God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to truth. He goes on to say, He who is not from God does not listen to us, and by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to tell you the difference. But the Antichrist comes to preach false doctrine and error and tries to bring confusion into the church. And many eagerly embrace it because it satisfies their flesh. It satisfies their innermost. John goes on to say, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. When you and I receive Jesus into our lives and He justifies us before the Father, we stand just as if we have never sinned. Justified. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ. In that, He gives us love. And that love causes us to be transformed. And in that transformation is we have the new birth. We are born again into Christ Jesus. Born again into Christ Jesus. And he's reminding us in this that everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This knows God is not speaking of head knowledge where so many people function in the world. They know about God. Well, I've read his word. I know God. It is experiential knowledge. Knowledge that transforms your life because you've had a personal relationship with him. He lives in you and has transformed you. Experiential knowledge is the knowledge that is here, right there in your scripture. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was made manifest in us. Love. Love changes you. Love causes you to be able to live out sacrificially in your life. When you're willing to give beyond what your flesh wants to. When you're willing to sacrifice yourself for others because you love them in Christ. Because He transformed your life. He changed you from who you used to be into His own likeness. So that you now look at the world through His eyes. You now process the things you see through His thinking. And your actions reflect that transformation that has happened in your life. Because His love has been made manifest in your life. 
It's evident. People can see it because there's a difference in the way you talk. There's a difference in the way you act. And one thing's for sure, you're different in the way you love. It's not a selfish love. It's a sacrificial love that does not expect anything in return, but celebrates when it does. In this, God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Outside of Him, you don't have life. You simply exist. It is only in Him that we have life. Jesus says, I came that you would have life and have it more abundant. He wants you to have life to the full. No longer are you to be living life at the level of just existing But you're to live life in Christ because life is in Him. Outside of Him, you just exist. Oh, you may have moments of happiness. But in Him, we have life. Because we are connected to the source of life. Christ Jesus, God the Father. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in us. In this love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus was the price that God demanded. His death on the cross satisfied God's demand for sin. You and I couldn't pay the price because we were not perfect. You and I were born into a sinful nature. I didn't have to be taught how to sin. (laughs) I didn't have to be taught. That became a natural thing that flowed out of me. But His Spirit has been teaching me how to live another way. And His Spirit is teaching you how to live another way. If you are in Christ... Not simply by word, but in your life. You have been hidden in Him. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, and if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. Here, this word perfected means brought to a mature level. Don't love like little kids that are just wanting to love to get something back. An immature love. But a mature love. One that understands what it is that God has accomplished through His love in our lives and what He has called us to in loving the world. A sacrificial love. By this we know we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Holy Spirit. And it is His Holy Spirit that testifies. For we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus came to pay the price for everyone on this planet. But you know what? Not everyone's going to accept the gift. The scripture says, many are called, few are chosen. The ones who are chosen 
are the ones who accept the atoning work of Christ's work on that cross for our sin debt. The ones who believe to the point that their lives are transformed. People tell me every day that they believe in God, but yet their lives show no evidence of transformation. It's not that you have to work out your salvation in performance. It's the fact that when you are born again, you are a different person. Amen. You are a different person. Now, everything God gives us, He gives it to us in seed form. And let me say, you're not instantaneously going to be a mature believer. You grow into that. But you have to cooperate with the process. When the seed is planted, it has to be watered. The Word of God is the water. It waters us. As we put His Word into us, it is bringing refreshment into our lives. It is bringing light. He has given us His Son, S-O-N, which is the light of the world. And under the radiance of the sun, you and I receive everything that we need to grow in Him. It is providing for us all of the insight that we need to grow and believe and to live for Him. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We have come to know and have believed in love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected in us. Love comes to maturity in us. It is my heart's desire as pastor of this church that everyone who attends here grows into a mature love. Not a selfish love, but an unselfish love that is sacrificial. That is the love that God has given us, the love that He wants us to love others with. He goes on to say about this love that is perfected in us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. So as He is, so also are we in this world. People say, well, Jamie, you're never going to be perfect in this world, so it's pointless to even try. He just said right here, so that as He is, we may also be here in this world. It's not that you and I are supposed to wait for the Lord's return and in the twinkling of an eye that we're going to be transformed. He wants us to be willing to die to self here in this life. That we want to cooperate with His Spirit and be transformed by the power of His Word. So that as He is, we also are like Him here in this world. Not just in the next one to come, here in this world. How is that possible? Love. 
If you receive His love for you, and you allow His love to be made manifest in your life, and you in return grow and become mature in the way you love, we will change the world. The world has not been changed very many times by the church as it is today because we don't look like Jesus. But when we look like Jesus, we will transform the world. Those who are hungry, those who are broken, they will cling to this message. Those who sit in churches and are good people and have no need of God's love because they're good, they're never going to get it. But those who have been broken, those who have been hurt, those who have been damaged by this world, they are eager to receive the truth because it is that which will heal the wound of their soul. It is that which will give them hope. It is that which will remove the fear because now love has been perfected in them. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And if you're a born-again believer, you don't have to fear punishment because I stand before God justified just as if I had never sinned. Why? Because He paid my sin debt on that cross. I don't have to fear judgment. I just concerned about all the people that sit in church on Sunday and they got their fingers crossed hoping that it's all going to work out in the end. <coughs> those people don't know God because He gives assurance to those who know Him. You have the assurance in your life. You don't have to worry because you are at peace with Him because you know that you know that you know. Amen. No one can argue you out of it. Because you have experiential knowledge. You have moved past head knowledge to in your heart. You walk in the fullness of the knowledge that you belong to Him. That your debt has been paid in full and that you have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. No longer do I have to walk around in my righteousness because I have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He's called me to live a mature life in that so that I make a difference in the world because a difference has been made in me. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. But for those who are in Christ, there is no punishment. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. The one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. God gets really picky here with us. He says we've got to love our brother. Now, your brother is not only your blood brother. Your blood relation. And sometimes that may be the hardest one to love. I don't know, depending on the situation. 
He's talking about everybody. Not only just those who are in these four walls this morning. He's talking about everyone. You have to have love for them. You have to love them enough that you're willing to do what is necessary for them to hear the good news. When we think that someone is not worthy of the gospel, who do we think we are casting judgment on that? People don't want you preaching to them, but I tell you, when you love them, they will ask you to share what is the hope that you have. Why are you so different? It's because of the love of Christ. And they will give you permission to speak truth into their lives. You know, people don't want folks going door to door, beating on them, telling them about Jesus when there's no love. But prove it by loving them. And over time, they will start questioning, what makes you different? Why do you do these things for me? Why do you care so much about me? That opens doors. But simply speaking and talking and preaching won't do it. It has to be backed up by action. And the action word today is love, people. It's not passive. It's active. It's sacrificial. And it comes at a price. The price was paid on that cross for you and I's salvation. And the price is to be paid in our lives by dying to self and taking on His divine nature. His divine nature. And in closing here, it says, In this commandment we have from Him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. It's a commandment. I can't set it aside because I say, ah, I don't really agree with that. I don't get to have an opinion on it. It's already been spoken. It's a commandment. Love your brother. Love your brother. So God has called us into a relationship that is all about love. A relationship which you and I are to grow in a mature love for our Heavenly Father, for our Savior, our Lord Jesus, and for the indwelling Holy Spirit that teaches us and bears witness to truth enables us, empowers us, and strengthens us to walk it out in everyday life. And if you don't have that power in you, and you've been trying to do it in the flesh, and it's been hard, I'm going to tell you, it's only going to get harder. But when you cooperate with the third person of the Trinity and allow Him to be made known in you, It will change your life for eternity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for being here in this sanctuary this morning, speaking truth to all of our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we would have ears to hear your truth. We pray, Lord, we would have hearts to believe your truth. 
We pray, Lord, that we would be willing to walk it out in our daily lives. We thank You, Lord, that You did not leave us here as orphans simply to save us and say, You're on your own, folks. But You give us Your Holy Spirit to be our counselor, to be our guide, to be our teacher, to be the power that we need in our lives, to do that which our flesh is weak in. But You have called us to be overcomers who walk as victors, to be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Today we thank You for the power of Your Word to transform lives. Holy Spirit, work in our heart those things that need to be changed for Your glory. And we give You all the praise and the glory due. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Now I know it's going to be challenging, but somehow we're going to figure out how to take the hand of someone next to you. And we're going to sing out of here. We may have to zigzag a little. In here, Josh. Once again, Morgan County people amaze me. We figured it out. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain and cleansed His blood. We're joined heirs with Jesus as He travels this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Now go forth from this place in the power and the presence of His Holy Spirit to be His witnesses of His great power 